David searched my face through Sadler's eyes. Was he suspicious? Had I overplayed my part? Then he reached across and smeared the refried beans down the sleeve of my shirt and laughed. So I did something I don't do much. I started to cry. <sighs> this motherfucker. It's... It's so viscerally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I know that's the point. And it's one of those things, like, it's just such a casual, petty act to end mm -hmm. that scene on. Mm-hmm. And it just goes, like, that's who he is. He is a cruel, petty child. Yep. Who thinks he's better than everyone. Yeah. And it really says something that everyone's playing their part, right? Jake's playing mm. the kind of confused leader who isn't as smart as everyone thinks he is, but everyone listens to anyway. Um, acts as the goofy alien. Uh, and Rachel is this meek coward who hides behind all of this bluster. And like that, her acting in this part, what she thinks is overplaying it is exactly what he expects from her. And like, it is, mm, it makes me grind my teeth. It's, mm -hmm. it's just so much, it's, it's not quite fridge horror, but it's kind of fridge horror because like the more you think about it, the more you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. As I said, proto incel, that's the vibe. This mm -hmm. is somebody that does not like women and wants to just have one under his control. Yeah. Yep. He wants to humiliate her. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because that's how he feels she humiliated him. Mm hmm. Yeah. She, quote-unquote, emasculated him. Yeah. Not only just, like, in private, but in front of everybody else, in front of Visser 3. Uh-huh. The enemy. And therefore, he has to get back at her. Like, he pays zero attention to Rachel until she turns on him in that fight. Like... Yeah. So they fly out to the construction site. Uh, David as a golden eagle, her as a seagull. Uh, he's just behind her and everyone else is much farther back, following at a very bit large distance. Um, they land in the center of the construction site. Uh, Rachel stays morphed. David morphs to Rattlesnake, or no, he has Rachel morph into the rat. Um, and then he morphs to Rattlesnake and uh, basically coils around her, ready to strike, uh, and while he tells the others to come down uh, from the sky and demorph and morph into roaches. Um, we get this moment of like, the 
the fear that Rachel has feeding on the fear of the rat because the rat is just surrounded by birds of prey and also mm -hmm. a rattlesnake. Um, and yeah, so all the others demorph, morph into cockroach. And uh, as soon as they have all morphed to cockroach, David demorphs and promises that uh, he's not going to kill any of them mid-morph. Uh, because they're, they're like, this isn't part of the plan. You said we would all just be here. And he's like, nah, -uh, I'm not stupid. You're going, I'm not going to be a rat morph while you're just waiting, waiting around here to squash me like a bug. Um, and David has the upper hand because he has Rachel in his clutches. Um, and so he forces all the others to morph into rat. Um, and. And they, yeah, so David demorphs. I knew what was coming next. We all knew what was coming next. Still, it wasn't easy to act the part we had to act. Uh, and we get this, this, again, this lampshade of Cassie thinks he'll play it out the way we think he will. Uh, Jake has a lot of respect for Cassie's ability to read people. So do I. Although I reminded myself Cassie had not seen how evil David could be. Um. But David uh, finds a glass beer bottle and puts all of the roaches into the beer bottle and puts the cap on. Um, so essentially, to sum up here, uh, Jake, Axe, Cassie, and Marco are all morphed roaches inside this glass beer bottle. So they can't demorph without killing each other. Um, and probably themselves. Uh, Rachel is a rat. Uh, and David finally joins her as a rat. And he says, all right, uh, look, I've done with Visitor 3 and all his York Empire couldn't do. I have the Animorphs trapped. Um, and you, Rachel, are going to lead me to the blue box. We're going to get it and I'll have it and I'll have all the power here. Um, uh, and Rachel, you have two hours, uh, to get me to the box um or they will all be trapped as roaches so chop chop now as a child uh -huh. again as i said i was kind of dense uh i had not caught on fully to the fact that this was all planned no matter the fact that they kind of explicitly say that it's all a plan Mm -hmm. At this point, I was probably reading so fast I was skipping lines. Yeah, nah, I, I feel that. <laughs> I was so worried. Plus. <laughs> Just like, oh god, how are they going to do this? And then with this next part especially, like, this next part, it's all of, what, two pages maybe? Mm -hmm. um, and, like, I was, I was, it felt like forever. Mm -hmm. Because Rachel leads him into a drain about six inches in diameter um and leads him into a horizontal pipe and they kind of basically have to go around this pipe maze um to pick up these pieces of the the box um 
And she's like, what are you, what are you going to do with the blue box? And he's like, why do you care? Um, and she's like, well, I'm curious. I'll need some people to help me, like a gang. Aren't you afraid that once you give someone morphing power, they'll turn out to be uh, to do what you did to us? David laughed. You don't think I already thought of that? You guys made a big mistake. You got me. See, I was smarter than any of you. That's why you lost. I'll be more careful. Only choose the kind of guys who are too dumb to do anything except obey me. It's just like this motherfucker's ego. And Rachel's Uh, like rolling her little rat eyes and mm -hmm. making that exact same observation. Yeah. So they find the first piece and Rachel's like, all right, so we have to take this piece out before we go get the next one. Um, and David's like, why? Why not get all the pieces and then push them all back to the exit pipe? And she's like, I guess we never thought of that. Um, and he's like, of course not, because it's kind of obvious, don't you think? Um, so she goes to the next part. She's still playing the part of the beaten down, humiliated girl. Um, but she thought speaks out and Cassie says that everything is ready. May I be forgiven for what I'm about to do? So she leads him down a pipe and they're getting closer and closer to something that we as the audience still don't know. She smells fresh air and she is so worried about David smelling it um, because it will uh, let him on to what's going on. So she has Mm. to distract him. And there's Um, the sound of a jet flying overhead as well. And she's like, oh shit, because... We wouldn't be able to hear a jet. Um, so mm-hmm. she tries to play it off as water in mm-hmm. the pipes. Mm-hmm. And he's not as used to this morph. Right. And morphing generally. So I think, and also, again, he's riding on that power trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's able to observe that it smells different in mm-hmm. this place, which Rachel agrees with. Um, um, and he's starting to put it together. Or he's starting to think about maybe not everything is as it seems. Um, And he starts going for the exit to this little chamber that they're in. Um, But Rachel jumps to block his path and they fight. And it's this nasty rat fight of them clawing at each other and biting and bleeding. Um, And they're equally close to the exit pipe, equally far away. They both can't see a a goddamn thing um because it's so dark um she tells jake to be extremely ready because they have problems <laughs> uh so she leaps for the exit and he grabs her tail in his teeth and he's pulling her back um and he just needs to pull her enough out of the pipe um to get her to turn around to try to reach him because so then he'll be able to get out of the pipe and maybe escape altogether. Uh, and so she turns around and chews through her own tail and runs out of the pipe, out of the exit, and tells everyone now, and a steel gate slams down. Uh, it would have snagged her tail if she still had one. He slams against the barrier, and suddenly there's light everywhere as the chamber is lifted out, and a flashlight is shown on her. Um, and we get the reveal that the chamber that they were in was a cage, a trap, a steel box 
that had been affixed to the pipe end. Um, he is baffled at the fact that Jake, Cassie, Marco, and Axe are all out of the bottle he put them in. And he's like, how the fuck did you do that? And then Tobias came, comes down and is like, all he had to do was drop the bottle from yeah. the I mean, fucking he, height. David does have a lot, but you're and like, dead? Nah, you killed some poor red tail who's minding his own business. I broke the bottle. The bottle we deliberately left where you could be inspired to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get this full them... Then Ocean's Eleven style, Uh revealing the plan. Yeah. This is is one of my favorite things in heist movies. Me too. I love seeing the pieces come together. It's great. It's so good. Um, But yeah, they explain. Marco uh, says about how we knew you were listening in the barn. How did we know? Tobias. So we played out the scene for you, how disgraced Rachel was. We knew you'd get a lot of sick pleasure out of it. That piece of blue box that retrieved was a piece of Lego. And they're all getting there. It's good. They're all getting in on this action. Mm-hmm. Axe gets to say something. And uh, and Dave's like, okay, okay, okay. So you guys won. That's cool. I can accept that. Fine. I'll go my own way now. And no one says anything. She's like, look, I'm serious. All right, Jake, you're the man. Okay. Uh, and Rachel looks to Jake, who looks like he hates being alive. Uh, she looks at Marco, who's just carefully staring into empty space. And Cassie, who is crying. Yeah, because uh, David hadn't asked who the mastermind of the plan was, who it was who had so accurately appraised his emotions, his need to build his ego, the fact that he would choose me to be his companion. Cassie, of course. Cassie had worked it out step by step after Jake and I failed to come up with anything. For Cassie, it was an improvement over the alternatives. See, no one was going to have to die. But David's life would end just the same. And so would Sadler's. Eventually they would find the real Sadler's body and then they would know that at least for them there was no such thing as a miracle. And it is slowly dawning on David what is happening. Um, And Axe is obviously monitoring the time because he knows. And uh, as David starts crying out no, Jake checks in with Axe and it's been 13 minutes. And David is horrified. And it's like, you guys aren't going to do this. And Jake explains, like, you tried to kill us. You threatened to turn us over to Vista 3, not to mention what you've done to Sadler's family. And David's like, you can't judge me. You're not God. And like, David, we have fought the Yerks for a long time. It seems like forever. We are not going to let you beat us. We are going to save the human race if we can. There are larger issues, more important. And he looks to Cassie to try and help, and he shrugs a face like he can't stand to hear himself talk. And Rachel picks up. We're doing to you what you were trying to do to us. Law of the jungle. It'll be eaten. And she looks to the other and says, no need for all of us to hang around here. It looks too obvious. It's bad security. I can handle this. And Axe says he'll stay to keep track of time. And she nods. It's like, you don't have to do this, Rachel, Jake said. Everyone is in on this. We all made this choice. Yeah, but it won't bother me. It'll bother you guys. Of course, Jake didn't believe me. Neither did Cassie or Tobias. Maybe Marco did. I don't know. No one made a move to leave. 
look, get out of here, I roared. Get out of here. You're just drawing attention. What if someone comes by? Get out of here. And Jake nods, says, yeah. And he knows that it's about protecting as many people as he can. So he takes Cassie's arm and calls to Tobias and Marco, and they leave. All the while, David is still yelling about how they can't do this. And Axe reveals it's been, it's now 15 minutes. And they sit there because you can't block out thought speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Two hours. Well, an hour and 45 minutes, but you know. And oh, here is, uh, it took two hours for David to become a Nothlet, a person trapped in morph. Two hours. But that two hours of horror will last forever in my mind. If I live a hundred years, I will still hear his cries, his threats, his pleading each night before sleep takes me and beyond sleep in my dreams. Once we were sure he was trapped, Axe and I morphed. I morphed into Bald Eagle, Axe into Harrier. We took turns carrying the helpless rat out across the beach, across the breaking surf, out to the tiny desolate rock a mile or more from shore. There were other rats there. I guess there had to be a food supply, but the rocks and the waves kept humans away from this place. We left him there, and we flew away. And as Rachel and Axe leave, um, Axe admits that he will never want to speak of this again. And Rachel doesn't respond, still listening to uh, David's thought-speak cries until they're out of range. They fly over the ruined Marriott Resort. Um, And Rachel has this moment of reflection. Something kind of snapped in me after that. I didn't suddenly become more soft and mushy or anything. I didn't turn into a wimp. But somehow the joy I'd gotten from combat, the thrill I'd gotten from battle against impossible odds, Well, I guess maybe I just grew up a little. We never heard from David again. Not directly, at least. But months later, I heard a kid at school talking about the rock. It was haunted, he said. He and his family had passed close by on a boat. He swears he heard a faint, ragged voice crying, No, no. You know, for children. For children. So that's yep. the David trilogy. <laughs> so there, there's a lot to unpack in these last two chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, the metaphor of Rachel chewing off her own tail in order to get away from David. Mm-hmm. And just like her willingness to hurt herself in order to protect the others Mm -hmm. uh two uh david being like all right so you won that's good i'll I'll just be on my way now like haha guys game's over you win Mm -hmm. i was like if anyone believes that had the animorphs let him out he would have quietly walked away raise your hand anyone (laughs) Mm -hmm. No? no shocking no 
Shocking. He's only sorry when he gets caught. Yeah. Like, this, uh, we, we've talked enough about his characterization. We know what kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie. Oh, Cassie. Like, I mentioned before just how as soon as Cassie accepted that David is capable of evil, essentially, Mm -hmm. that she immediately has him picked. And I just think about the ambulance ride taking Jake as a tiger to the gardens for Mm -hmm. surgery, not really knowing if she'll be able to wake him up to demorph in time to a not let him be trapped and b that even if he is trapped will this surgery be able to save his life yeah and just like sitting in that ambulance unable to talk to anyone jake's unconscious she can't talk to her parents about it kind of convinced that jake might die like it's a very Mm -hmm. strong possibility here and that it's all David's fault. Mm. And just like as as soon as she has to confront that, she understands what he is. We see that in the day later in the cafeteria. Where she's manipulating him to see her not as an enemy. To maybe get him to react in a different way. And then we see it with this plan. And I don't think she thinks this is a mercy for David. Because, honestly, I mean, we can go ahead and get into this a bit. Like, Mm. it's, I I don't, I can't think of a single person who has read this book who thinks that they shouldn't have just, uh, I got confused by double negatives. Everyone Hmm. I've met who's read this book thinks that they should have killed David and not trapped him. It would have been kinder to do so. And I don't think that Cassie thinks that this is kinder for David. But I very firmly believe that she does think it's kinder for Rachel. I don't agree with her on that, but Mm -hmm. I think she believes that. Yeah. Like... She sees it as an improvement over the alternatives. I think that Cassie knows that if they had to kill David, Rachel would have to be the one to do it. Or Rachel just would be the one to do it. And we know how Cassie cares about the humanity of the people around her, particularly Jake and also Rachel to an extent. She doesn't want Jake to have to order Rachel to kill David. 
she doesn't want them to have the, that blood on their hands. And so she sees this as a mercy. And you and I have already discussed this a little, but where I come into this, and I feel like maybe this has something to do with Cassie's views on violence mm -hmm. and what is a worse thing to do yeah. to somebody. And because, like, as you said, she's acting out of compassion for Rachel mm -hmm. and to, by extension, Jake. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think she thinks through the implications of, okay, so that means Rachel or Jake has got to do this part. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you were, you were savvy enough to understand that this probably isn't better for David, but it's, you still think that's the better thing for Rachel to have to do. And it, it's interesting when you think about how the different characters view acts of violence. Mm -hmm. Because, as said earlier in the book, they all have different lines. Mm -hmm. But it's like... Hey... I find it interesting as much as I find it frustrating in a, in a good way, not in a that makes no sense narratively frustrating, mm -hmm. but like, ah, I wish you had more knowledge, more experience so you could yeah. have made a different choice. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that Rachel wouldn't have been traumatized by killing David. But we do know for a fact that she's incredibly traumatized by listening to him beg for mm -hmm. two hours. Mm -hmm. It's. I, mm, go ahead. I was going to say, and the fact that um, Axe chose to stay with Rachel mm -hmm. to be the one with her to fly the box over to the rock. Mm -hmm. um, I know you highlighted this in our doc as well. Because mm -hmm. Axe is trained to be a warrior. Like, and David is a traitor. The worst thing. Mm -hmm. I imagine Axe is sitting there going, okay, why aren't we killing this guy? <laughs> For real though. For real? But, like, that solidarity with Rachel. Mm -hmm. It's, like, we, we are shown explicitly, like, uh, Rachel states, I knew Axe well enough to know that he was not exactly enjoying any part of this. Like, he's not, none of the people here, like, mm. we, get, we get that moment of, like, almost levity of, like, them revealing their plan, and it's like, yeah, they got the motherfucker. Hell yeah. And the... The change in tone is so perfectly handled. Mm. Like, you can, it's, it's cinematic in a way. Like, you can feel the music, like, goes into yeah. a minor chord, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like maybe they were playing the whole thing and it had this unsettling background to it, but now the background shifts to the foreground kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. And it's just like you can you can feel it as soon as David is like, "All right, yeah, we're good. You can let me go now," and no one says anything. Yeah. And then it's, it's revealed it's, exactly it's chilling. what's happening. 
it's chilling yeah and we we get the look of everybody jake hating like he's being alive marco's carefully staring into empty space cassie's crying axe is having a hard time with this um we don't see tobias but tobias doesn't show his emotions because he's a bird like and just like axe who learned that david was a traitor and before he even learned about tobias who is his shorm uh told jake good hunting like i think about axe and i think about the Ascalon and what happened on lyra and how fucking devastated he was by that betrayal mm. and now he's facing this betrayal and granted this probably he does it probably doesn't affect him as much because he probably didn't have that much faith in david to begin with yeah but like i can definitely see a bleed of like no traders traders deserve this kind of shit like traders <clears throat> <clears throat> traders deserve death yeah but he's not happy about this comeuppance mm. and he still chooses to stay with rachel because like there's nothing saying that they couldn't have someone couldn't have gone and got a watch or brought a watch Mm -hmm. They knew they were going to have to keep track of time. And Axe just willing to stay behind because he and Rachel are the warriors of the team. Mm -hmm. They recognize that in each other. And Jake, he knows when to use us. He knows when to protect us. He knew he had to protect as many of his people as he could from what was going to happen. And just like... Everyone is aware of the gravity of this situation. Mm. They're excruciatingly aware. And... Part of me wonders, because we don't, we don't get, like, the immediate aftermath. We don't get Jake saying, like, oh, did everything work out? Like, yeah. were you able to take him to the island? Part of me wonders at this point if he thinks Rachel's telling them to leave because she's going to take care of David. Hmm. like they all they all agreed that that trapping him in morph that this plan is the easiest way to get him out of their lives and cassie wanted a plan that doesn't kill david i wonder if jake doesn't have a part of himself that thinks no maybe we should make sure that he is out of the picture and cannot hmm. come back and I wonder if maybe he thinks that's what's going to happen. 
Hmm. Especially with the visual of Axe and Rachel carrying this rat in their talons out Mm -hmm. to the island. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I can't even fucking imagine what those two hours are like. Mm Mm-mm. Like, it couldn't have taken long for him to start begging them to kill him. Mm-hmm. I it's- kind of wish... Go mm-hmm. ahead. Please- no, please. I kind of wish we didn't have the, like, ghost story ending at the end. Mm-hmm. I think it would be more powerful without it. Mm-hmm. Like, if it had just stopped at X, I think I never, I will never want to speak of this again. Mm. And Rachel, I didn't answer. I was still listening to the thoughts speak cries. I think if it had ended there, it would have been extremely powerful. I think maybe they felt that that would have been a little too much. Maybe. Gotta have that kick clip into the sun. Yeah, like, like, they had to, they had to, Bring it up just a little bit. Yeah, he is still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what were you going to say? I cannot remember, and it's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it was probably going to be along lines. It, it, that, that it would have been so much kinder for everybody involved just to kill him. Like, also, rat in a box, very easy to kill. Mm-hmm. They all have birds of prey more. So Tobias is right there. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Even David mentions it earlier when he when he's telling Jake to get in the, mm. to put all the cockroaches in the bottle. Like, he's like, what, what am I going to do? Morph rats so you can stomp on me? Mm-hmm. It's. It's just so much. And yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I don't think there's a single person who doesn't think yeah. that it wouldn't have been kinder to, to, to just kill him. Yeah. Though so, I'd be intrigued to hear if anyone did feel differently. And and why? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's absolutely not me judging. Like, yeah. if you're in the Discord, like, please contribute. Like, tell us why you think that it was better than the way it played out. Yeah, because like there is there is the um, you know, we we've seen the argument before with with Lauren and Elfangor, for instance, that. As long as there is life, there is hope. Mm. And we've seen that argument pop up a few times. Um, and I think I think that is where this notion of mercy is coming from. Yeah. Of like it maybe maybe it's not a good life but it is a life 
Yeah. That notion of is a bad, uh, unfair life or an unhappy life better than no life at all. Right. I've also seen like what happens to people trapped in morph, how they you eventually change. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know for sure. I feel like there is something related to David that comes up later in the series. I don't know for sure. So I don't expect, please don't say anything. Um, but it's like the notion of just like rat David just going full, okay, well, this is it. And just like leaning into rat existence mm-hmm. and just like chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a kindness? Some might you say, like, but also the kind of person that David is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will ever be able to let go of his anger at what was the injustice as he sees it done to him. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Tobias holds on to his humanity by choice. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, like doing something out of spite, I can see David like refusing to forget that he's a human. Because mm-hmm. of just who he is. Mm-hmm. He's got too much ego. Yeah. I'm going to get off this rock. just like we the thing is it's dangerous Mm. to leave him alive yeah incredibly so we see that someone can hear him can get Mm -hmm. close enough to hear him and it's just like man what the fuck I want to know what Visser 3 thinks happened I'd be intrigued to know what this is that he thinks happened. <laughs> like, hey, Asplin, what's your take? <laughs> like, like, David David shows up for a Two, mission. Three days? Yeah, a couple like, of days. Three days. Like, and, and uh, Esplin says himself, like, I don't think you murdered him, because that doesn't sound like an Andalite thing to do. And yet they show up again and again after this as six not seven and it's just like mm. <laughs> maybe he rethinks just like oh dang they ain't playing respect yeah yeah <laughs> just like no you know what that is an andalite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> just like mm. or or just the the yerk part of him thinking uh thinking the same thing that everybody else did when david was showing his true colors just like, ah, they're not going to let that fucking stand. Thing <laughs> mm-hmm. is, I feel like, I one of those things I noticed in the previous book, like, I feel like Versa 3 can understand somebody like David, very self-serving, but also that kid would be dead so fast. Like, Versa mm-hmm. 3, like, mm, nah, I do <laughs> not care for this human child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have got all the information out of you? Great. Goodbye. Oh, you're a morphing host. Sweet. Here we go. Like, there was never going to be anything good for David that no, way. Absolutely not. And it was only his arrogance blinding him. Mm-hmm. So the, even if it, by the end it was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to run away with the box and build my own casino <laughs> with Blackjack. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, Which brings has- me to this other discussion mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if they had just given him the box and let him run away? How long do you think he'd last? It's one of those things, like, 
The fun answer is his ego would get the better of him and he'd fuck up mm-hmm. pretty quick. Because mm-hmm. he is also a child. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, seeing how well he was doing with most things after a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's genuinely hard. It depends on like this. He could make some smart choices, or he could make a lot of dumb ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would last very long in the grand scheme of things, but I could see him doing a decent chunk of time before making a stupid choice or getting in with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? I think it depends on whether he actually thinks he can use the box to bargain for his parents. Mm. And whether he really wants to. Yeah. Like, I think at first he does. Maybe because he thinks that that's how he's supposed to feel or something. But I think once Cassie mocks him for it almost, mm. like she she pegs it immediately, like, oh yeah, that's what you want the box for, right? Like you know he's not gonna he's, yeah. he's not gonna play ball, right? Like you you know that. Mm. Um It's also like or it's been pointed out as the obvious thing for him to do or the vulnerable mm-hmm. thing, and to mm-hmm. no, I can't have that bit happen then. Yeah. Even if he did want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we see after that, he switches from like, I want the box to possibly do this to give me the box. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Mm. Uh, I think if he just went and did his own thing, if he didn't use the box, I think he would last a long time. I think he would be able to. I think he's manipulative enough that he could work with it um like i think he probably could have stolen sadler's life oh yeah um pretty easily but i think he also recognized that like that i almost think that was more of a power play than anything Mm. because he had to know that like jake and rachel wouldn't just let that stand but you could do that in theoretically with any like coma patient or whatever Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it would be so easy proof of concept yeah uh and so i think if he if he went it alone i think he could get really really far and i think Mm. it would probably take a while for that to catch up with him emotionally Mm. because i think he would think that he's doing well and be riding the high of like being able to get away with it for a long yeah. time until like he starts to realize how alone he is mm. uh but i think if he immediately tried to make a small team i oh, think yeah. things would go very poorly very quickly yeah that'll blow up in his face because like david is not a people person no, he's he's not going to choose good people. And like, 
yeah, you can choose quote unquote dumb people, but like they're they're gonna be able to pick up on the kind of person you are pretty quickly. Everyone has their limits. Yeah. As well. Like the way David talks to people. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's a child. Like, is he mm-hmm. gonna recruit grown ups in his mind? Is he gonna recruit like other kids? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And yeah. And just like I his arrogance in that respect mm. would, I think, be very doing. quickly catch up with him. Yeah. Um Hubris, be- hoisted yeah. by Petard, all that jazz. Yeah. Which to because be fair, is what gets him mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a narcissist and um if people do what he expects them to do, then he doesn't think Question anything it. past that. Yeah. It's like confirmation bias. Just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the world is as I see it. Great. Yes. And- yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, do you think David deserved it? Which part? His current fate. <sighs> I don't think there's rehabilitating somebody like that. Mm. But that's a very easy thing for me to say. Yeah. He is also a kid. Yeah, that that's like I it, the words left my mouth and then I was like, mm. Yeah. As an adult, mmm. I know David with a lot of help and support, maybe, yeah. but also I don't know how to help someone like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm I don't necessarily believe in prison. I need to do more reading, but like prison abolition and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when you look at him in the frame of the book that he's in, he's in a mm-hmm. war story. Mm-hmm. And he betrayed people who put trust in him. Mm-hmm. By every genre of what that is, he deserves death. Yeah. That would be like balancing the scales, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. He was prepared to kill all of them. And the only reason he didn't was one was a mistake of mistaken identity, and two, apparently he's not very good at killing people. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't double tap, is the problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rip to David, but I'm different. <laughs> like, again, yeah. I feel like with a lot of therapy and stuff, he could be a, di- a different person. Or maybe he could be rehabilitated. He would but, have to want to be. And that's what it is. He was given every opportunity to act differently and chose time and time again to act the way he did. And like even in our conversations, we've had moments of like sympathy for for his position and gone, well, I can mm-hmm. understand that and I can understand anger. But the warning signs were there from the jump. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that got hold of a little bit of power and wanted more. Mm-hmm. 
So I yeah. feel like narratively speaking, he probably got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. If we were to take it into the real world, like, and then it becomes a real 13 year old child, then it becomes a different yeah. matter. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think according, according to the genre, I think mm. he definitely, quote unquote, earned mm-hmm. death. Yeah. Because of his betrayal. Mm-hmm. I I would go on to argue that because of his particular sadism mm-hmm. that he quote unquote earned this fate. Yeah. Suffering of a punishment. A punishment. Yeah. It's yeah. according to the genre. Like this this is the kind of thing that you would expect from yeah. this genre is yeah is, like if he was an adult character if they were all adults yeah he would either i don't think we'd even be having we'd be having the discussion yeah i think because it was just like oh yeah well they're either gonna kill him or mm-hmm. he is gonna be like marooned on a desert island yeah and just left there though yeah. if pirates of the caribbean have taught us anything that won't work it's it he's the kind of villain that in a movie if he dies quickly you're like oh man Aww. i wanted to see him suffer yes right? yeah like yeah, that yeah. that's that's exactly what it is yeah you'd want a good like karmic death or something like bond right villainy. right you're you're expecting in fiction to have some kind of karmic death i think that's an excellent way to put it and and i think that he gets that here yeah in a lot of respects I think a lesser book would have had it all been just like a literal battle, like a fight, mm. and he gets killed in the battle. Yeah. I think I think a lesser book would have left it at that because that is the That's easier, easy. more black and white way to look at it, particularly for a children's book. Yeah. Um, like that that is what you might expect in a children's book. Instead, like, we get this horrifying mm. yeah. thing that is portrayed in a horrifying manner. Yeah, there's that whole thing about how you treat your prisoners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just like trying to think of like again of being a child and thinking, is this the kind of thing to do? I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that that's a life. Mm-hmm. And just like it's that perspective of adulthood that I think makes it so much easier to question. Yeah. To question it yeah i think i think as a kid i didn't think about this this way i think i thought like okay yeah you know thank thank god they don't have to kill him you know mm. um because i i did think in pretty black and white terms as a kid um i think as many kids do yeah um and so it's I don't remember when my opinion on that switched so completely. <laughs> but it now now it's just like every time I think about it, like, yeah, no, that uh they really did themselves a disservice there. The kids, I mean. Um but. I, I- 
that was the point I was going to make. Like, interesting to see at what uh, a child's take on a merciful thing is, mm-hmm. because they maybe can't. They don't have like the emotional uh, experience to think the long term mm-hmm. connotations of something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure it's been done in fanfic, but like, and I don't know if anything happens again with David later in the series. But the notion of like a few years down the line after the war, like, huh, man, what we did. That was bad. Mm-hmm. Always <laughs> something I'll look yeah. for when when I'm allowed in the animals attack on IO3. <laughs> yeah. It is it's I will say it's always treated as the dirty secret of the animorphs. Mm. That time we did a heckin' war crime. Yeah. That t- that time we explicitly did a heckin' war crime, and even we knew it was a war crime when we were doing yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, we consciously did a war crime. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's mediated. That was yeah. an active choice yes. collectively made. Planned. Mm-hmm. They manipulated him into it knowingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yep. Yeah. Children's literature. Children's we've been, literature. We've, we've been talking about this book for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to start early. Good shout. <laughs> the sun is up now. <laughs> Yay! Hello, sun. Uh, why don't Why don't we wrap this up with our usual uh, rankings Ew. and questions? Let's do it. Because we put off rant- rankings. We did. We tr- we started to in the first one, and then we're like, we should wait to complete the trilogy before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. buttoning this. So, possible rankings, plot, uh, and uh, I'm interested in this, like as as just this book, considering people did read this book in mm-hmm. a vacuum, uh, and as it fits into the overarching. I think as a standalone, its plot ranks higher because it's so tight and because you don't spend a lot of time waffling about the weird summit, you just get to go, let's Mm -hmm, just charge mm -hmm. through the hotel as a herd and that's done, Yeah, which was infinitely more satisfying. (laughs) Um, But as a trilogy, uh, the A plot of David Mm -hmm. versus the B plot of the summit, mm-hmm. even if they are kind of inextricably linked, uh, I it's pretty high. I I enjoy it. It's like frustrated in the good way with like the cliffhangers. I wanted to find out what happened next. The like holding of the idiot ball wasn't egregious. Mm-hmm. Like I liked it. Yeah, let's give it. That's a solid eight and a half. Yeah, I'd probably do like a nine as a whole like the trilogy as a whole i think uh i think it probably loses a point just for how how it is kind of contrived sure like how the you can you can see if you like take a step back and look at it that like the david situation would not have turned out so dramatically if they didn't also have this B plot that yeah. 
kind of felt contrived. Yeah, it was there to make sure there wasn't time to do anything else and to introduce David to things better and also like figure out if they wanted him to get the morphing powers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if that mission hadn't been there, I don't think they would have agreed to do it so fast. So, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, I think I think it's it's good and it's dealt mm. with in a satisfying way, uh, yeah. and all of that. Uh, characterization, I'd give it a ten across the trilogy. Like mm-hmm. everybody was so compelling and interesting. Nobody did anything. I was like, eh, why? Everything mm-hmm. like made sense for what we've seen of them so far. You understood where people were coming from, even if you didn't condone it. Just mm-hmm. damn good all around. Yeah, same. Uh, the first book was a little shaky in some parts with Marco. Yeah. But I think overall we got really solid yeah. characterization points. Uh, enjoyability. It's one of those things where it's high, but also like lots of <laughs> skeeve moments, which, yeah. you know, that's, that's why it's enjoyability slash satisfaction, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be sad if I hadn't read them, you know, mm-hmm. because they feel so, you know, it is very enjoyable. Let's give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there are moments of frustration or gross factor or things that maybe I might have wished were slightly different, mm-hmm. like just in small ways. But generally speaking, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's iconic. It, yeah. If, if you could only read three books out of the Animorph series, I would recommend this trilogy. I feel like it's tight and uh, tells a really dramatic story mm-hmm. in uh, a relatively short span of time. You get some of the urgency of the fight with the Yerks, um, but you get a lot of the characterization um, that I think uh can be where the series shines so mm. yeah uh what was your favorite part that's real hard to <laughs> maybe just the favorite part of this book even then like the moment of like tobias arriving uh mm-hmm. and dive bombing david like yeah. I don't like oh rescuing, but also like the reveal of him being alive, even though mm-hmm. I knew, but still. And just sort of, like the sheer like nonchalance of him showing up. Yeah. Like, bitch, you thought you seen the last of me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was that was very satisfying. Uh there were lots of moments that were really good, like the face offs between the co- all the conversations, however you want to put it, between uh, Jake and Rachel, mm-hmm. very good. Uh, that dinner, the cafeteria table scene, mm-hmm. real, like just a lot of really strong scenes that were very engaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The scene with Tobias is a crowning moment of awesome. Uh, yeah. I, okay, no, favorite part for sure. Like, mm. it might have to be meeting the president. <laughs> <laughs> just because it was just so like, what is this? This is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, for sheer enjoyment factor of a favorite moment, that might be. Uh, yeah. 
an That's uncomplicated, true. unproblematic faith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did anything surprise you? I mean, the fact that they went there with, okay, we're going to just trap this kid as a rat and leave him on an island, presumably for the rest of his days. That's dark. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, and this is the kind option. Is it? <laughs> Looking at the book, going, they just, this was the kind. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay. That was maybe the thing that surprised me. Also, the fact that they lent so far into, I suppose, reading David and seeing just like a character type that I'm so familiar with now as a real thing mm-hmm. and seeing it in a book from fucking 20 years ago, mm-hmm. beautifully demonstrating how dangerous that kind of person is. Yeah. What about you about favorite parts and surprising you? Uh, or like caught you off guard on the reread? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I was terribly surprised. Um, I definitely. It was definitely interesting to read this book, like, with all of the knowledge of what actually happens in this book. Um, because I was able to pay closer attention to what was actually happening and like the nuances of things that were happening. Mm. Like I mentioned how when I, the first time, very first time I read this, like I didn't understand the nuances of what was happening with the, the farce that the Animorphs were putting on. Yeah. And so like, I was able to sit and like appreciate that. And just Mm. like, and the, the, the background horror of no they're playing it this way because this is exactly what david expects yeah um as opposed to just like wow are they really that cowed by this this feels weird (laughs) like (laughs) um so yeah i think that that was interesting to to come back to um I was I was I was a little surprised with how emotional I was about Tobias's return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like as I was reading it, I was like tearing up, and I was like, "Oh, he's back! He's not dead!" And I'm like, <laughs> "Self, you knew that." <laughs> but, yeah, but he's back. Don't you get? <laughs> and he's saving Rachel. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's so valid. <laughs> uh, was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand not logistically nah it was all good mm-hmm. more just like mm-hmm. not quite like fridge logic moments just like again that was the mercy choice <laughs> also now I am like musing about uh, what Visa 3 thinks happened because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's just a fun thought <laughs> yeah not thought experiment, uh, but yeah. Thing to ponder. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when uh in Dumb Kids, when we were talking about like what do we do with this yerk and yada yada yada. And like I, I was just sitting there like, you know, you could give it the morphing power, 
you just have to wait two hours. And everybody was like, huh? What do you mean? And I'm like, all oh, right, they don't, they haven't read this book. They don't recognize that as a solution. Because like, <laughs> 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 <sighs> it's just like, you, you, you could do it. It is a way to not kill them. And depending on, depend, like, if they had trapped him as something besides a rat, like, the, the variation of mercy, you know, can, can change easily here, right? Yeah. Like, we, we see from Tobias's perspective that, like, he misses a lot about being human, but also there are parts of his hawk life that he genuinely enjoys. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think while rats as creatures are incredibly intelligent and, like, have complex social lives and all that sort of thing, like, you can keep them as pets and so on and so forth. Like, being trapped as a human in a rat body. Bad. Bad. Bad time. <laughs> uh, especially compared to, like, being a human trapped in a hawk body or something of that nature. A predator. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, a very large prey animal, like a deer or something, even. Mm. Um, but the problem is they couldn't do that and stick him on a rocky outcropping in the middle of the ocean. Um, yeah, I mean, really, like, if it would just have been harder to come up with a reason to go to do it, but like something like a dolphin. Mm -hmm. Just trap him as a dolphin. He'll have a great time and he'll be somewhere else yeah no one's gonna go looking for a dolphin yeah the problem then is that he can so seek someone out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but jellyfish <laughs> jesus that would be so much worse that would <laughs> we need... be so much worse <laughs> <sighs> you're uh. right and you should say it <laughs> <laughs> they barely they don't even really swim yeah, just bobbing along. God. Uh. It's one of those things where you wonder, like, how much your brain would... It's interesting, like, because when we talk about... When we saw how quickly Cassie's mind was shifting yeah. um, in book 19, like, certain kinds of creatures, like, again, but then it's all like, is that a mercy or is that a cruelty? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, also it's like very much... we've run into and we run into ableism so yes, much in do. these books with what constitutes a, a a good existence. That's very true. Yes. So uh yeah, that that definitely skirts the line of it. Um Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting to think about and to like compare and contrast and like where your personal line is mm -hmm. for like when when would being a nothlet be better than being killed <laughs> yeah or what um, would be an optimal state if you were gonna yeah be trapped in something mm -hmm. well i have thoughts related to dumb kids about this kind of thing so you know it's good yeah um, and lastly, uh, essential animorphs reading. 100% for me. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to read animorphs, this should be some of the one. This trilogy should be part of your reading. Yes. Absolutely.
Falashawa. Oh, that was the David trilogy. That was the David trilogy. You've done it. You, you're almost, not quite, but almost halfway there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Danielle and I were doing the maths the other day of how long it will take us to uh, get through the series. Yeah. So. And it's only like 2023. Like, yeah. Like we, I think, I think we've been doing this almost exactly a year at this point. Holy shit. And, uh, what is time? Right? Uh, so it, it feels like it's been a long time and no time at all. Word. All right. All right. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can continue to find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find them on their home podcast, Follow the Leader, uh, at FTLcast on Twitter. Um, uh, they're currently in between seasons, but depending on when you're listening to this, they might already be into their fifth Sick. season? Sixth season? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, currently they are publishing... Uh, Sagas of the Sunless Reach on their feed, which was a special uh, actual play that Jade and Zach and Mab from that podcast, uh, as along with a couple of others, uh, did over the summer. Uh, so if you're interested in some uh, fun Pathfinder shenanigans, uh, you might be interested in checking that out. You can also check it out on YouTube if you would like to see their awesome face uh, acting things out. Um, <laughs> My co-host, as well as being incredibly effusive and kind to me, uh, is called Danielle. You can find them on Twitter and other places on the internet at RedChildHawk90. And you can find their home podcast, The Room Where It Happened, uh, Actual Play Goodness, Sci-Fi Found Family, with an Appalachian flavor. Check it out. It's very good. Uh, that is Room Where Pod on Twitter. You can also check out the Animals inspired actual play we are both a part of uh DKPH pod on Twitter. We are possibly moving towards the end of our second season of that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's uh it's a lot. Sure is. If you like Hawk Bajir, you should like check in right now. <laughs> there is some quality content going on. I'm trying very hard to give the Hawk Bajir more of what they deserve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is better than what they get here. <laughs> Alrighty. Shall All right. we do a clap, my friend? Let's do a clap at 40. Yep, 40. Okay.